Hello and welcome back to the Hotcast. As usual, I'm your host, James Rushton. Over there is Daniel Riser. We're speaking about the latest and greatest in Aston Villa, well, in the, the world of Aston Villa right now. And we've just come off the back of, oh man, a magnificent win over Derby County. Danny, take us through that. Take us through that step by step, if you won't mind. Hello, how's it going? Uh, so, it <laughs> Sorry, was, I uh... forgot. <laughs> like, how are you? <laughs> That's all right. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good game. I, I think obviously the first half threw up a couple of things which uh, perhaps were, were, were negatives, but by, but on the whole, I think we 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 played really well. I'm going to put my hands up straight away. I predicted on the podcast last week that we would lose two 0 I thought that Derby's midfield would outplay us, but in fact, on the contrary. Uh, we we actually had a very dominant performance from the midfield. Uh, John McGinn absolutely pitbulling the Derby County uh, midfield throughout the whole game, uh, and of course three goals, three quick goals within eleven minutes to uh, shut the game down. Uh, in the last few minutes of the game, dude, they got the football rammed down them. And what I will say is, I think we all predicted that it'd be. We we all predicted a loss. I think me, you, Phil. No, no, Phil. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure Phil predicted a win. Even then, I think like he usually predicts a four 0 win. So him predicting a two one, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being honest. <laughs> He's very optimistic. So him predicting a um a two one, it, it may as well have been a loss. So for him, in his terms, but uh, no, mate, I went to Derby courtesy of the charity of Holcast listener Dave Farris. I think a lot of you will know Dave. He's a uh, very popular in Villa circles, mm-hmm. and you know not just for liking Villa, but because he loves Birmingham's. The city of Birmingham. I almost said Birmingham City. He doesn't love Birmingham City as in the football club. But Birmingham is the city. city. Birmingham yeah, and I think city. we can all get down with that. I think Birmingham is a great place. And he appreciates that. And he comes from Cincinnati and he took me. Well, I say took, I had to buy him a few. I had to buy his train tickets and a few him a few beers. Um, so I think the cost even out. But he took me to um, the Derby County match and I met um, a lot of people. I saw loads of faces that I recognised off Twitter that I was a bit too nervous about going up and approaching because that's just me um but why did you where did you notice them dude i just saw like in the pub like before the match i just saw loads of faces and i was like i've seen those faces so many of them you know i i've i've been i've i've only ever experienced it once where like i've been in snobs and a couple of guys from twitter were like yo we follow you on twitter i was like i'm telling telling you if you go to a a villa away game and you know it's not too far away. Yeah, you know, I say that, but I think in, you'll have the London circles in the going to the London games and the South games. But if you go to one in the Midlands, I think you stand a chance of seeing at least um, nine or ten people. Oh, and we went to especially Fulham. based on your old account, mate. Oh well, yeah, the one that <laughs> I mean, it technically exists. <laughs> it's just... Yeah, it's t- <laughs> technically exists, but yeah, 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 of course. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Like you know, most, most of my, most of the people I actively interacted with and like actively interacted with me on Twitter are still, you know, on, on, on my current account. And I think that's, that's the thing with Villa fans. I think we, we are quite a good community. I think we all do stick with each other quite well. Um, and uh, you know, I, I, I don't ever sense a lot of animosity between us as a, as a group. So it's, it's nice to see you. You bumped into a few people there, James. Yeah, I've uh, met Harry and his partner Lou, uh, who went down the villa. A bloke called Af. Um, he he says he recognised my voice off the podcast. Oh, that's so, crazy! Uh, hi Af. That <laughs> I didn't crazy. speak to him for the rest of that. Hi Af. Um, he just come to get the ticket. 
um, and he was at the end of our queue. I've got a really good photo of him because a smoke bomb, a smoke bomb went off, a pyro went off. Oh, yeah. After we scored our first goal, it went off directly next to him, like over him. That's crazy. Crazy. Um, Harry and his partner, Lou. Stevie Green, of course. Um, oh, yeah. Formerly host of the Villa View. Um, does yeah. his own uh, little little football things here and there. And of course, Dave Forrest, who took us all all down there. You know, fantastic guy. And uh, man, it couldn't have been a better game. 3-0. And we were dominating. And like, let's not say Derby played terribly because they had chances. They didn't take those chances. And uh, man, Villa was so good. I think it, you can't state enough how good Villa were. And there was a bit... I said to you before we come on, the negatives, it was like Jonathan Codger was a 6 out of 10 and Conor Hurhan um, knocked a few long balls wide. That's um, it. We've got to mention that that one defensive error of Tanzibi basically getting pushed off. Uh, I mean, James James Chester did, it obviously like, you know, block the block the shot off from going to, from going on to the goal. But that's, that's, you know, that's, that's part and parcel happens. Um, that was my, probably my only criticism. Yeah, I, I think like it's just it's a straight street fight at the back between two people, and you know you can't win all of them. So I don't no, know. I, would I cast it as an error? I mean, you, you're entitled to say that, mate. I'm not disagreeing. I just and you know what, Axel Tuanzebe, how good was he? Yeah, generally, oh, he was great. I, I I I love that we've got him at centre back, dude. He's so good. He's you could argue he's if not as good as better than James Chester. On occasions, I, you could argue that he's uh, that he's as good as, if not better than, than Chris Smalling. So, like Jose, Jose Mourinho. I this is this is me talk, giving you some advice right now. When Axel Tanzibi comes back from Aston Villa, don't throw him to the to the wayline because don't sell him back to us. You keep ab- him. Absolutely, absolutely. Look, there's there's like there's an aging there's an aging defense over there at United, and like fans aren't incredibly happy with you know performances of. Of guys like Bai and, and and Lindelof, who you know, uh, with all respect, to them are are fantastic centre backs. Um, it's just uh, you know the Man United effect, which just pop up every now and then. But like you know, when you've got the likes of Chris Smalling almost on their way out from 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 the top level, they have to start you know looking at guys like Tanzibi and thinking, right, this guy is is is, is bloody good. Yeah, Tanzibi, wow, he's come a long way, and I guess a part of that, he didn't look bad at right back. We have to say that. Playing him at right back wasn't the worst decision, but ignoring him at centre back maybe was. He's so good, and he's getting that. And that his chant is amazing. The the the, the chant that like, Villa fans have about him. Man. Do it, do it. I'm not doing it. Well, I don't know the chant. You don't know no. the chant. Um, you know that song. You might not know the song. It's a uh, lip up fatty. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I know yeah, the song. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so good. it's the, one of the best chants. It's so good. It's so fun, and you know. A lot of people don't like some chants because they're swearing. That's fair enough, or that they're like kind of. I wouldn't what say offensive. Like, like the classic just, like one. Yeah, some of it obscene, you know, and some people can't really get down with that. And that's fair enough. The two Xavier chant is one that's completely made out of fun. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I I prefer those kinds of chants to be honest. I'll, I'll get you a clip because I don't really want to do it because I, I I've I've been humming it all day and I keep getting it wrong. So I'll, I'll get it wrong. I know I'd get it wrong now because it's in my, in my head wrong. Uh, Derby, mate, three nil. Um, I, I don't know who scored the second goal. Still, I think it was Tammy Abraham. I, I, it was, I was lost. It was, it was Tammy Abraham. I was lost. It was Tammy Abraham. I was it was lost. Fantastic, fantastic cross from uh, from uh, John McGinn. Yeah, yeah, and McGinn was on the end of the first one from Balassi. That's correct. Yeah. Conor Hurahan, 
third goal, he didn't even have his best game. As I said, you could say it was the weakest part. You got to have him on the pitch just to do that. You know what? We're so lucky to have Hurahan as well. That's the thing. Like he's he's ridiculously good. You know, and he still gets picked for Ireland, obviously. And he's one of those players that you have to say not a lot of people know about him outside of the top division. Sorry, it, within the top division, even. Sorry, it's people who really like their football. Like across, you know, regardless of club, who know about Conor Hurahan, he's probably one of the better set set piece takers in world football. Oh, <laughs> and I'd yeah. go that far. I would yeah. go that far. Absolutely. I mean, he's got a bit of Harry Arter syndrome. I'm not going to lie. You know, like Harry Arter was ridiculously good in the Championship, and as soon as he went went up to the Premier League, you know, you, no, you don't actually hear hear about him, even though you know he's still putting good performances and whatnot. That's that's who I'd compare Conor Hurahan to, and I feel like even if we did go up to the Premier League. Right, I think there'd be a lot of fans who'd be thinking, "Wait, who are these guys?" Yeah, even if it was like Sunday League, though, you'd have him there just because he can do that, do I the think, damage on the same piece. I think he's solid, mate. Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. It's I think not he's that solid. you know, I, I've done him a massive injustice there, mate. A massive injustice. Um, no, he's he's genuinely good. He's maybe not as good as Bjarnason in that defensive midfield, or even Whelan, you know. But he he's all right. He's you need him on the pitch just for the set piece. No, but That's he's it. he's your out and out central midfielder, though, isn't he? He is your he is your straight up central midfielder. I'd say almost in the Gareth Barry mold. You know, getting there definitely. No, I wouldn't say he's as good as Gareth Barry was, but what I'm saying is he's in that sort of mold, isn't he? He's he is he is your out and out central midfielder. I'd say the same with John McGinn as well. They're both very similar in that sense. If oh. although John McGinn's more of a more of a pit bull, but yeah, John McGinn is he was further forward than almost anyone on a, against Derby. I can't believe how far he got up the pitch. No, yeah, no, he was, he was, he was, he was just further than, all over yeah, the place. Abraham, further than Grealish, and that's mad. I'd be interested to know his running statistics. Actually, I'm not going to lie. For someone who eats so much beans on toast, he covers some distance. <laughs> beans on toast, <laughs> dude. He eats beans on toast. If you ever see a picture of you know the Villa Canteen when they're taking their Instagram stories, you can see him in the background eating fucking poached egg and beans on toast. That is a next level of analysis, right there, James. I've never analysed the player's meal. Coming you, into you coming have to. This is 2019, mate. Right. I, I'm actually gonna. I'm actually gonna check out how much John McGinn ran. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like <laughs> I'm looking at his heat map right now. <laughs> his heat map is all <laughs> over the place. Genuinely, all over the place. I mean, Grealish is 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 even more all over the place. But yeah, um, I think John McGinn and Jack Grealish are very similar players, and one of them looks like he makes it, it John McGinn's like a wrecking ball and Jack Grealish is very much ballet but they do the the same thing they do exactly the same thing and that's they win the ball they get forward and they are destructive in the face of goal with its key passes taking shots or getting in the box but John McGinn is so thunderous in the way he plays yeah like he has impact and I think that benefits him a lot because Jack, what Jack Grealish does, he's very quiet and dainty. And that's not me saying he's weak. He's very strong. He's monstrous. Jack Grealish is. He's muscly. Um, but John McGinn has so much more like physical impact just in his animation almost. Yeah, no, the way I, he just moves. I agree. I, I don't know. I almost, I don't know how to, how to describe him or who to compare him to. They do exactly the same thing. Like, what they do on the pitch is exactly the same. Do, do you think it's so? Just, the method. It's just the method. It's just how it looks. John McGinn is so much more physically animated than Jack Grealish, and the end product is almost the same. I do think Grealish do a is a lot bit of more similar stuff. Elegant though in his running. That, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. 
they do the same stuff. And Jack Grealish, it's like a fine craft. And John McGrin, uh, John McGinn, it's so physical, but it's the same. And like, if you look very closely, you'll see like that their role on the pitch is almost exactly the same. They switch, and you know, I think who said that John McGinn? There's some Scottish manager said John McGinn was like ten times better than Jack Grealish, and I laughed that off. But like, he has some kind of a point. Whoever made that has a kind of a point there. Oh, I get it. I get it. John McGinn oh, is far more developed. Really good. I tell you what, that's that's how you want John McGinn to to turn out, I guess, in a in a few years' time. Yeah, I think event they'll grow apart. Really, from McGinn on the pitch, but right now they are. It's just like you've got two incredible players doing the same thing to incredible success. I would say, I would argue that John McGinn is far more comfortable deeper down. You know, d- deeper Absolutely. in the field. You know, Jack, I think Grealish is a lot more sort of, he, he he is the one you want to kind of try and dribble past the defenders. Whereas I'd say John McGinn is the one who, you know, you really want collecting the ball. I wouldn't trust Jack Grealish when it comes to, when it comes to winning the ball back necessarily. I feel like an arty way of describing this would be that McGinn thrives somewhat in chaos. Whereas Jack Grealish, it's like very composed. It's almost like everything's come out to plan with Grealish. McGinn seems to thrive when the, everything is going wrong. Yeah. Like it's almost like the plans collapse and he kind of, uh, what's the word? What is the word? Oh, I forgot the word. It's a really simple word. You want to say that again? It's a really simple word, mate, and I forgot it. Oh. oh. Right, okay. It begins with an I. I'd... Oh, I've just gone blank. <laughs> I'm not helping you. I'm just going completely. It's a simple <laughs> word. It's a really simple word. But I've gone completely blank, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's gone. It's gone. Um, but no, he he makes it up on the fly. World class analysis. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the word. I've genuinely forgot. Wait, it. It's a, it's like a primary school word. Who's making it up on the fly? John McGinn. Are you sure you're talking about John McGinn and not yourself? <laughs> You've been saying that all for a while, haven't you? <laughs> No, but, but no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. Absolutely, absolutely. I think I think John McGinn is an incredibly sort of I it, it does almost look like he's he's on he's got some sort of an instinct about him. Uh he you know, he's he, and, he, and he is he is sort of he, he doesn't seem to have any sort of planning <laughs> behind his ways, I guess. But um I like that, you know. I think I think we've been missing that in a player for a while because I don't think we have any other player, perhaps bar somebody like like Mile Jedinak, um, who can who can who can really act on that instinct and 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 win that ball back in an instant. And none of our other midfielders are necessarily like that. Um, and it's good to see that. It's almost like John McGinn's got this sort of look on his look in his eyes, uh, where he just sort of comes to life. Uh, and that's what we've been seeing from him recently. And ever since he signed, really, uh, an absolutely fantastic signing from Steve Bruce. And, it, and it's glad to see that positive mark staying with him. Yeah, I'm so upset. I forgot that word, mate. It's it's like one word, perfect for describing it. And I, I just it's gone. It's completely that's, that's gone. Right, mate. It's lost. I'm gutted. I'm gutted. Don't worry about it. Um, but no, Derby, fantastic, mate. And uh, I think we'll preview Blues next week. But I, I mean, I am so glad, so so glad that that result proved us all wrong. We were predicting um losses. And wow, that was so, some start. They're a good team, Derby, like Frank Lampard's Derby. Sorry, dare I say. Um, they're meant to be like, they are one of the best, better teams in the league. And I know they lacked Mason Mount and they weren't on form. 
But for Villa to go to Pride Park, win 3-0 and play in that way, I've never seen them play that way in an away game against, um, well, quote-unquote, stronger opposition. Yeah. So I'm so proud. I really am. And I think I said to you off-air, probably in my top three Villa games of all time, genuinely, that I've been to. Why is it in your top three? Um, A, the people. And I'm not slagging off my family who I go to every game with, but it, it was a nice difference. Um, B, the fact that I wasn't expecting it. And C, just the entire situation. It's just, it was played, it was like perfection, honestly. Like honestly, perfection. for me, it was um, just like perfection. It was just like, it was never not, like Villa were never not going to win 3-0, almost. Like it was completely planned out from the start. You know what? It's just it's just great to see that though. You know, we, it's been a, it's been a while, and I think it's worth saying that it has been a while since we've turned up at a game. And I'd say I draw comparisons to the Wolves game last year, where the other team are in such good form, and we've gone and ruined their party because that is not oh, yeah. something that that I have been used to at all. Almost, almost, I'd say it goes one further because you're ruining their party on their ground. Thirty-seven thousand of them, mate. Didn't hear them once. It was three thousand of us. Oh, really? 37, wow. 27, sorry. Were Derby awful? They weren't even bad. They just did, it wasn't their best game. But they they gave us a fight for about 60 minutes. And that's good enough, mate. Here's one for you as well. Uh, Do you see, uh, and obviously, you know, you look at that midfield, there's some very good players in there. What do you see in terms of Frank Lampard's influence from that side? Did you see any any of Frank Lampard in terms of almost created in his image in that Derby County team? Yeah, because they seem to actually think, you know, they seem to be a football team like Villa that think, I just think Villa gave him too much of a game. It was just too much chaos for him. Villa was just battering him. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Run him over. Complete. Like, if you're the home team, I don't think you much, you, you, you often expect the away team to come up and like dominate, you expect them, you know, they'll attack on the break, they'll counter. I don't think they expected Villa to sit with a high line and co- try and literally pin them back. Oh, that's that's the other great thing, isn't it? Playing with a high line, that's something that's, that's dangerous. Something... That is dangerous to do away from home, don't get me wrong, but it worked for once. Yeah, but that's that's because what I, what you know, what I was saying a couple of weeks ago on, on the podcast, that's because Dean Smith knows that he hasn't got any other choice. I'm not saying that our starting defense is bad. But, you know, we need to almost implement it because, you know what, like, we don't have reinforcements there. So we'd be way better off focusing on the attacking side of our game and utilising that than, you know, settling for a system where we are going to have to defend most of the time. And you know, that's, nah. that's the smart thing from from uh, from Dean Smith. Yeah, I, I definitely agree, mate. I think it's such a positive result that's got me feeling so good. Uh, what I will say about the uh, defence is... I know Villa looked in trouble at times, and Nyland stepped up with a really good save at like two points in the game to keep Villa in it. What I will say about the defence is how composed and calm they looked all the time. You know, like we were saying, and um, when James Chester cleared off the line against Bolton, how it wasn't really that last gasp or that heroic because he always knew what was happening, was always in control. Yeah. That's what Villa were like the whole game. Like, it never seemed out of their hands. Defend, even in the box, right in front of goal. Never. Okay, I hear that. Yeah. 
And that's just incredible to think how far they've come in a few weeks at, at the back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. And I think that's just, you know, how we were saying about you know, Dean Smith and how the first couple of, the first few games he had were tough and essentially how, you know, we knew that eventually he'd get it right. And on the other end of the spectrum, you've got Thierry Henry losing again um, over, over at PSG. And, you know, we wouldn't know, you know, who knows how that would have turned out. But it's it's just good good now for us Villa fans to see that, look, we were right to trust Dean Smith. And, uh, you know, hopefully this stays up. You know, hopefully does this does, you know, this does carry on. Uh, but, you know, I almost think, like, think back to last season. You know, we we need to be up there by the end of this season. We really do. You know, do you remember the mad run of, of wins that we went on last season? The mad run of, you know, uh, being undefeated? We need to we need to think yeah. about whether or not Dean Smith can deliver that. And on this basis, beating three nil, uh, beating Derby three nil, there is definitely the possibility of that. And we almost need to go on that sort of run of form because uh, Norwich are, are running away with the title at the moment. Yeah, still early days, and uh, I think uh, Portier on remate at the uh, the Monegasque over in Monaco, four nil against PSG. Expected, expected, mate. PSG are great, you know, dynamite. Galacticos. Yeah, you know what? Don't care. Yeah, you'd think Monaco could put up a, a damn damn fight, but I feel I feel sorry. I feel for him. I think he took the the job that he was closer to. He was a former Monaco man, Monaco fan favorite, and it went wrong. He shouldn't have done it. He should not have done it from the start. You know, and he shouldn't have took the Villa job either. Well, I guarantee you. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's not that he's not ready. Or it's not that he's a poor manager or whatever. It's just that like you know, there's just some jobs you don't take. It's like Gary Neville at Valencia. Why would you take that job? Exactly, exactly. David Moyes at Sociedad. You know, again. Why? Chris Coleman at the same. I think he was at the same club. Why? David Moyes at Sutherland. <laughs> Why? David Moyes at West Ham. David Moyes. At- <laughs> David Moyes at Man United. <laughs> Just taking the wrong job, mate. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 just one of those things, isn't it? Um, tell you what, one I can understand. Paul Lambert at Ipswich. That's a very good fit. I think so too. I think he'll do very well there. Yeah, same, same, genuinely. Up to a point, up to a point. I think this season might go better for him. I think they, I think Lambert will do well. It's just when it all kind of flattens out and becomes like average, then he's going to struggle. Yeah, absolutely, man. If he's given a bit of money, I think he'll do really well there. But I don't see it happening. Ipswich ain't got, you know, it's Ipswich. If there's if yeah, but if there's one thing about about Paul Lambert, right? I I obviously put in a lot of criticism because I didn't like the type of players he was signing for Villa. Having said that, for Ipswich, where there are totally limited funds, picking out guys like Matt Lowton or, or Ashley Westwood from League One, yeah, that's very respectable, and that's the kind of thing he needs to be doing over there, and that could that could work really well for them. Um, yeah, I don't know how we ended up on that tangent, but but there you go. Not really a tangent. I think uh, it's quite natural. Um, I did some work. I've been doing some work over the last few weeks, mate. Um, have you ever heard about a bloke called Tommy Ball? Okay, yeah. Uh, so this is this is a fantastic project. I, let, let me just say that because uh, I, I I wasn't involved with this, but James was, uh, and I just want to I just want to say that I mean it wasn't just James, by the way. It was Dan Rollinson as well. Um, I believe from Villa View uh, and 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 a couple of other people as well. I'm sure James will, will name them. Uh, they 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 put up a fantastic documentary, who as, as I'm sure he'll tell you about, and I think every single one of you needs to check it out. I watched it today, James. Um, yeah, what do you think? But yeah, uh, well, t- 
I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was magnificent. I thought he told the story of, of Tommy Ball very well. Uh, but I'm sure you can explain who Tommy Ball was. Was it for a little? Bit, I mean, with a little bit more detail. Yeah, so uh, Tommy Ball was a, a former Villa player, very much in the mould of Jack Grealish. And Jack Grealish, they didn't play the same position, but the haircut, the the low socks, almost the attitude. Um, a young player coming through. Um, he was shot dead whilst he was a Villa player. Um, on after a game had happened, he'd come home and had an argument with his landlord. You'll find that more in the documentary. And he was shot dead, and uh, he is buried in Perry Bar. So you can, if you know, if you're in the area, you can actually go and visit his grave. It's in a, in a state of disrepair. Um, I think we'll, I'm on the Villa View tomorrow to talk about that actually. And uh, it's always a story that's been close to me because it was um one of the first horror stories I really remember ever hearing. And you know, it's not that, you know you grow up in 2018, it's not that scary. Um, but when I was a kid living in that area and you're walking past it at night, and you, you know, my dad would tell me the story. It did used to kind of horrify me mm. and scare me a lot, and it, it's so mundane and such like a a child friendly story, story almost, I guess. But um, it's one of the only horror stories, in a way, that I'd associate with English football, especially Aston Villa, and it's also a story that not many people know about. And uh, again, I'll speak more about this tomorrow when I'm sitting down with Dan, who did all the work. To be honest, um, I I brought the idea to him. I directed him throughout the day i produced and i guess managed the production of it but he did all the legwork groundwork writing everything you know he he didn't let me in almost because he was just nailing everything <laughs> but i was no room for me to step in and go this is wrong i made suggestions and i helped him edit stuff but i was expecting oh the, the sound's going to be crap because dan doesn't do sound oh the writing's going to be crap because he don't write it wasn't he nailed it completely oh no he did he does a lot um, of experimental work to be fair when i say experimental i mean i i mean he does it absolutely he just pushes the boat what he's doing pushes, yeah 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 and i think it's a shame um i think one of the greatest shames of it all is um there was no investment in it and it's not like we saw any it's just that was made for about four quid yeah but that's not a shame at all mate no that's not a shame. it's just if we had the budget and if we was doing this full time i just think we could have it could have been so much better. And I think we've put that out there. I'm really proud. Don't get me wrong. I'm super proud of it. I just think there is now should be a push that we can do better. Get some funding and nail some stories. Don't get me wrong. I think we've done a 10 out of 10 job with that. I'm going to fucking blow my own trumpet here, mate. I just think so many times people are, we do that for, that's done for free. You know what I mean? That yeah, shouldn't yeah, be done for course, free. Of course. I think we all, we, the talents are Dan shouldn't be doing that for free. He shouldn't be sitting down after doing his freelance work or the Villa Views main work or selling mugs and stuff, you know, raising money and doing that in his spare time. That should, he should be paid for that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with absolutely. that. Yeah. I agree with that. And but you know what the thing is? The thing is for all of you, that is now, um, you know, that, that, that is a tangible piece of work that you've created. And you know what? Some, you're, you know, everybody, I think any, any, any of you guys, you're going to go far in your own career paths, but you know, whenever you do look back, uh, you know, that is, that is always going to be as much a part of your portfolio as anything, anything you ever create. Um, and, and, and that is there now it exists. And, you know, you're telling the story of, of, uh, obviously a very, you know, a, a very influential person of his time that perhaps, you know, isn't isn't well known enough now, 
um and and you've basically brought that story to life and just because you know you've done the eight minutes there now doesn't mean you know you can't explore that deeper and further in the future and if anybody tells it it's you guys well here's the thing um the story of tommy ball at the villa view and at 7500 halt is over that is completely over what will now happen my hope for this story is that people with skills people with um skills of going through archives people with historical mm-hmm. skills people with audio skills will dig on this story and won't let it die like because not everyone's going to see it on the villa view i think this story deserves to be covered in podcasts i think it deserves to be covered in articles and i think people should keep repeating and reporting on this story until the end of time i think there's plenty of people can have that there's stuff we brought up in that that i think can spin off the war stuff you know did the, the person the bloke who murdered tommy ball did he come back from the war damaged stuff like that there's so much you can do with that um, I think it deserves more. I think there's a lot of digging people can do on it. Um, I hope they can find the information. Some of it won't be on the internet. We use the internet for most of this, mate. Um, we spoke to Rob Bishop and Matt Kendrick. There's no primary sources. They're all dead. You know, it's, it's a long time ago, unfortunately. Course, yeah, What? What? where Where you'll find stuff, and obviously you guys will know this more than me, but, you know, um, I mean, I, I, I love history. I, stu- I studied it, right? Um, and, you know, the, the, even even digging for, for for stuff then is incredibly hard even when you've got journals and journals and journals this is almost going to need i mean there's there's archivists isn't there there's people in charge of the archives at villa but then you know you you might also need to go to the archives at you know any of the any of the newspapers which which um you know were were around uh back then as well um and i, th- I think yeah it's 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 interesting but you're you're right where, where do you find the the primary sources where do you find that link to the past because, um, yeah, that's that's what you need now almost. I think we've done our part. And I think uh, if people want to report on that story, it's there. You do that. We raise, you know, information about that. We raise the news about this. Uh, I want. I wish, you know, I hope no one's put off reporting on the story or doing anything just because it's it's out there now. It's always been out there. Yeah, yeah of course. Bill of you, me, weren't the first to discover this story. Been reported in newspapers for ages. 7,500 to hold, um, Matt Ferenczyk wrote an article on it on, on Tommy Ball's murder about three or four years ago. It's 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 not news. This is people know about no, this. No, but it's about telling a story, isn't it? Exactly. And I think that there's more to be told. And I think people who not necessarily more talented, but with different skills, it's there for them to do. You know, it's not just it's not the Villa View story. It's not our story. It's Tommy Ball's story. And um I think people can go out and cover that to great success, mate. And I really hope they do. Well I would say all I can say is well done to you guys. Uh, I thought I thought you executed it perfectly, and it definitely it definitely got me interested, and definitely wants you know makes me makes me want to find out more. And I think for for anybody who is listening and hasn't checked it out, please do check it out. Like I um I I wasn't involved with this um at all, but I am a lot more. I mean, I'm very invested in the story having having watched it. So um. Yeah, this isn't <laughs> this isn't me begging for, uh, beg- begging for views or anything. Like this is this is this is all James and and Dan and and the guys over at the at the Villa View. Um, I definitely suggest supporting them as Villa fans and and yeah, checking out the story. Yeah, much more. I thought um Dan Bardell's voice on it really worked well. Um, I was a bit apprehensive about uh, I don't want to say an amateur because amateur sounds always bad, but like um he wasn't a professional voiceover. Oh, he was, he was, he was I mean? great he, at voiceover. He was fantastic. 
on that. And um, no plaudits to him, mate, for nailing that. I thought he did a really good job. And uh, yeah, I couldn't have asked for any more. And I think uh, he killed it. Uh, you know, I say amateur. I don't. Want, it sounds so bad, but um, you know, there are professional voice actors over there. He could have done a job on it, and I think he did really well. And uh, I, I cannot wait to work with him on more stuff and uh, bring it over because it's not just them; it's it's my stuff as well, and it's here and it's everyone's. You know, anyone can go up on YouTube and watch this, and it's it's theirs. They can comment on it. It's like a, a community story, and I'm, I am so glad that we are making this stuff and crossing over, and we might gonna make more. Um, a lot more. It's not always, you know, there aren't star- stories as dark as Tommy Balls. A lot of it's going to be, I guess, I wouldn't say mundane. It's going to be stuff we kind of know. There's so many stories to tell, um, isn't there? I mean, you know, there's, there, there's so many, in, in everything, there's so many stories and just putting them out there. I mean, we'd have all heard certain stories, but not everyone has. Like Tommy Ball, I, I assumed everyone knew. I thought everyone knew that story, um, but they don't. And, you know, you, you can't take that for granted. So uh, more more to come from us, mate, and more to come from everyone. I guess more to come from you as well. We've got load. We we've all got stuff brewing. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, man. Um, and I, I yeah, I think just you know check out you know keep keep on our pages to see if see if anything's up. But um, I think it's great some of the work that that, that Villa fans are doing right now. Uh, I am absolutely, I'm incredibly proud of our community. Absolutely, I'm thrilled. You know, uh, there's there's just so so many so many different content creators out there right now. But you know, uh, I I think it's just great to to keep supporting each other. You know, you know what, like, like the Villa View, for example, James, like yeah. them as a channel have grown immensely, and they've done just they've just done an amazing job. And it's great to see that 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 guys like like Dan are still experimenting and and trying to bring something new because you know I think Villa fans. Villa in general, like the, the 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 various different medias and the various different podcasts that have created, it could have been so easy to go down that Arsenal fan TV route, and our fans haven't. Yeah, I think a lot of people take stuff like the Villa View for granted, and this isn't me just hyping on because you know they let me help them. There, there are others. There are others. One hundred percent. There are others. There are others, and people think the Villa View. It's always positive. It's the biggest one. It isn't the biggest one. You know, it isn't the biggest Villa channel. There are plenty of others who have more respective voices. And I think people take that for granted. That the Villa View is still, um, you know, backing the voice of other Villa fans who might not have their, their their voices heard, and you know they aren't necessarily in bed with the club. People take that, that this stuff for granted. They really do. And uh, you know, if it's lost because they aren't making any money or they don't have the passion for it, or if we lose, say if we lose our passion for Villa, I think the world would be it, it would. It wouldn't be as great, and I think I'm really enjoying the world of Aston Villa. It's not just the win; it's the people you meet, like like you, like meeting Stevie, um, formerly of the Villa Review, meeting Dan and Dan, you know, uh, Rollinson Bardell, Matt Lynch, yourself, um, you know, all the people you've met over time and the people you're yet to meet. I think, uh, you know, ignore the football, mate. There's the people you meet, all sorts, and uh, like Dave Ferris, who I've met um over the past few days, I feel like he's one of my, you know, closer friend. And I've only known yeah. him two days, mate. You know what I mean? It's like when, when I met you. We've only done a podcast together. And it's like, I feel like you guys, I've got some close friends from Aston Villa. And that's that's so cool. And like, you don't, you forget that, you know, the results are temporary and you, you make all these mates and say all these things on Twitter and, or whatever. And you make these this content and you think, is it going anywhere? And yeah, it is. It's making you friends. So, you know, wow can ask for any any more than that really from a football club simple little football club in Birmingham no I agree mate absolutely agree 
we've run out of football to speak about. <laughs> There's not enough going on, is there? No, but I think that the next game that we have is uh, Birmingham City. So, I mean, yeah. we're going to have to wait for that. Yeah, you guys are genuinely going to have to wait for a podcast to talk about City. Yeah, it's too soon. I mean, we've got a week. We don't know who's going to get their leg broken on but the international duty. The 25th? Uh, 24th, 25th. It's on that weekend. So it's on a Sunday. So we'll we'll probably record after, uh, directly after the game, almost. Yeah, probably. Uh, more than likely. But yeah, I'll keep an eye out for that one. Uh, any, anything you've got left to say, mate? No, you know, on the topic of Villa and history, right? One, one thing I found interesting was uh, my, my, my next door neighbour, uh, one of my neighbours back in Birmingham, um, found found a cap at uh, at a car boot sale. What he does is he he, he, do, he does a lot of like fixing and mending and, and and stuff. You know, a lot of trading on the car boot circuit. Um, and he showed me this cap he found, and it was dated. And I can't remember the dates of it or the years on it. I'd have to find out. You know, at some point in the eighteen eighteen nineties and nineteen hundreds, and it had two dates, sort of like um next to each other. So sort of say for example, eighteen ninety five till uh oh two or whatever, right? And I was thinking to myself, I think this is a player's cap, and it's absolutely amazing some of the history that is just, like, lying around and we don't know about. It's, like, I just, you know, on the, on that topic of history, like, is there is there a villa museum anywhere, or do, do you reckon there, there ever will be one that exists? Well, there's a, there's a bit... There's obviously stuff at Villa Park, and there's also a few bits and bobs at the Birmingham Art Gallery and Museum. Um, but in terms of an actual Villa Museum, um, I think your best bet's the stadium itself, Villa Park. Hmm. That's it, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we'll discover new stuff and we'll all be creating. This is a creation itself. Um, we're also creating new friendships, as I've said. Um, the amount of people I've met this weekend for the first time. Um, some I've, I've, I've never interacted with on Twitter. Some I've probably told to, like, F off on Twitter, to be honest. Um Meeting them in real life, it's, 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 it's always better though. Do you know what? Everybody on Twitter is a Villa fan. Just say hi to each other, like each other's tweets, support each other. Um, I think James feels a little bit loved up today. No, I do. I genuinely, <laughs> and, uh, honestly, um, you don't really think about, it, but like my family are all Villa fans. You know, there's so much love around Aston Villa. Seriously, they make friends just because of Villa. It's not mad. I had to think about that, but um, you know, like Dan, Dan and Dan, Villa View, all that stuff. It just comes out of one football club. Well, you know what? For for a lot of us, uh, for for a lot of us, I think for for most of us, Villa is a big part of our lives. Um, so that's why times like like you know relegation and some of the some of the years that we've had, you know, recently have been so hard on us. And I think that's why that's why you know things do get a little bit heated. And I think that's why they affect our moods so much. That's why. You know, guys like me and you go on long rants on Twitter during games. It is a big part of our lives and football does affect our moods. Uh, I think it's always important to remember that. But it's good to it's good to see the positives that come out of um, being a football fan outside of the pitch. Yeah, um, you know, couldn't sign off on a better note, mate. So uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening. I know Dave, who I met, of course, uh, is a, a listener to the podcast. So hope to meet many more of you in future. If you're anything like Dave, I hope so. Bloody hell. Um, we'll be mates forever, and of course yourself, Danny. Um, it's all good. It's all good with Villa. I'm really, I'm really appreciate this football club, mate. Really good stuff. Yeah, especially if they're winning. Fucking hell, it's all right if they're losing. And you're like, oh yeah, I made a few friends. But if they're winning, yeah, bonus. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, I like it's it, Hopefully, hopefully that continues as well. Uh, but 
whilst it doesn't, I'll just whack open FIFA 98 on my SNES and um, and, and, and win some games. Win some, win some You're games. not I don't, still playing Xbox One. I don't have FIFA 19, so I can't I can't pretend that we're Champions League winners at this. The quick hot take before we end is the SNES is just a bad games console, mate. It's not a bad games console at all, dude. The games are bad. When you compare game... it, when you compare it to the Sega Mega Drive, which has you know to be fair to it has like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog on it. SNES isn't that bad. You know, you've got Mario on I it. I think most most games consoles before the PlayStation one were pretty bad. I think with uh, nostalgia blinds people. The games are bad. They made you run around collecting beans for four hours. I wonder. Just, that's not fun. I wonder what the IMDb report would have been on Home Alone two, the video game. Home Alone 2's video game is so bad. <laughs> I've been playing that. But that's what I'm saying. Like Anyone who says the best consoles were before PlayStation 1 is lying. Have you played Home Improvement, the video game? No, but Home Alone 2 is so... <laughs> it just make you run around collecting coins. Oh, yeah, and you gotta, you got you to gotta watch out for the vacuum cleaner. Yeah, it's, it's so stupid. Like most... I think most games... I can happily say... Um, that we look back far too fondly on most video games with nostalgia. Um, like the Crash Bandicoot remakes were, were so bad. No, <laughs> no, no. Infuriating. What, what do you mean? I th- what, do you mean the remakes? Like, because the actual Crash They were great games. They were great games, but I think we look back on the original Crash Bandicoot games with too much nostalgia because they were terrifyingly oh. difficult. Oh, yeah, no, no. They were difficult for sure, but I, oh. I've been playing. I've been playing Crash Bandicoot 3 re- uh, recently, and it's a great oh, game. Wood. It is a great game. Absolutely yeah. great. Yeah, we look for, far too fondly on them SNES and NES games with nostalgia because I think there was only about four good games and they were all made by Nintendo. Do you know what a great FIFA was as well? FIFA 06? I mean, that's a little bit fast-forwarded, but like that that was the game where you could shoot from about 50 yards and it would feel beautiful when it, uh, when it got in. <laughs> I'm just going to leave you with that one there, mate. <laughs> I've got nothing to add. It's just absolutely blasting in like half volleys from Gavin McCann from the halfway line. That was that was the, the era. Gavin McCann had the exact physique of a postman as well in that, those games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mate. Um, <laughs> thanks very much for listening today, guys. Um, we'll be back soon. Um, before the Birmingham match, uh, to preview it, um, pointless really wrapping up an international break. I don't... I'm not really into him. Uh, who's in Villa on at the top level? Yeah. Who's in action? Who's in action? John McGinn. Uh, Glenn Whelan is captain, um, captaining the Republic of Ireland. Eighty yep, fifth cap for the final time. That's his uh, last game, I believe. Yep, yep. Eighty fifth cap. Yep. Against uh, Northern Ireland, um, I believe John McGinn will be in action. Uh, Bjarnason, of course. Chester Taylor. And that is about it, isn't almost. It, just a quick note, isn't it crazy? And Ireland. Oh yeah, Nyland, of course. Um, oh, Mohammed probably as well. Um, I was just saying, like, is, yeah. isn't it crazy how the Republic of Ireland could field an All Villa midfield? That's yeah, they could go a long way to having most of a team, and especially if we're talking about former players as well. Yeah, yeah, true, true. true. Could go a long way to having a, a full Villa team. But yeah, mate, um, and managers, Roy Keane, Martin O'Neill. <laughs> Go a long way for to form a Villa personnel. That's crazy that Martin O'Neill is still managing Kieran Clark in 2018. <laughs> but yeah, um, mate, I've I've enjoyed today, really have, and uh, I'm sure we'll have more good episodes in the future. Uh, we'll catch up next week after Birmingham. Um, I'm really happy with Villa. Win against Derby, 
hopefully a big win in the derby in the derby when we come back. So uh, yeah, uh, where can people find you, mate? Uh, it's at Raza Journal. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was about to say at the yeah, it's Raza. At Raza Journal. <laughs> I, do, I do want to get it back. I am working to get it back, but um, it's fine. It's fine. This is chill. Am I allowed to say on the uh, the podcast? Because I know I wasn't. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> so you can find him at Raza Journal. You can find me unbanned at Jammer uh, Russian. <laughs> you can find us find us together at seventy five hundred Halt, and uh, be sure to say hi. So, uh... wait, I just mm-hmm. I just want to clarify before we go. I did not get banned for for abusive remarks or anything. I got banned for false copyright. So that's <laughs> which it. is the worst crime in in, uh, in Theresa May's Britain, I believe. I'm not. I'm not making a comment there, James. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you <laughs> next week, guys. Goodbye. <laughs>